the best I'm blessed to know that lust is a test I used to be the victim now I'm just envisioning I'm knowing this is I'm Susie Landolfi and welcome to Be Crazy Well Now why would a therapist say that because we all have mental health struggles even therapists The good news is we have so much more information about how we can be crazy well On my podcast we don't focus on what's wrong with us we want to know what happened to us. We're going to explore how trauma affected us, both negatively and positively. That's right. I said positively. It's called post-traumatic growth, and it's a real thing. Be Crazy Well will share mental health wellness practices, the newest mental health research, and most importantly, how we all get to create the person we deserve to be and the life we deserve to live. So join the mental health evolution and be crazy well. Good morning. Good morning to be crazy well. I'm here out in my yard and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to talk about today. And I started to walk around the pool and this is what I saw. So I'm going to see if you guys can see it. If you can't Oh, there he goes. So this is an amazing spider web that apparently was created, oh, I don't know, last night. Like this guy, I'm going to go back over again. I'm going to see if I can watch while you see it. See if you can see it. Oh, there he goes. Oh, wait. <laughs> he's He's actually climbing on one of the strings. And he just pooped. Oh, I hope that was poop. Maybe that's babies. I have no idea. But he's climbing over to the morning glories. But this is what he built, or she. I have no idea. So as I'm walking over here to my seat, I see that. And it instantly came to me. It instantly came to me that what I needed to think about. So remember, I talked to you about things that I think about and I work on daily. So I'll never ask you to do anything I'm not doing. And what happened when I saw that spider was this idea that we don't know about things. Like I'm not a spider expert. What I do know is that when I was growing up, I can remember times not being afraid of something. And then somebody told me to be afraid of it. Somebody said to me, oh, there's a spider, kill it. Oh, there's a bee, you're going to get stung. And I remember as a little kid hearing things that I was told I should be afraid of. They didn't tell me why. Maybe the bee will sting, it'll hurt. But literally, I was told to be afraid of things for no reason. I got no information about the thing I'm supposed to be afraid of. And then I carried that into my life. And I think bugs, probably one of the greatest examples of being afraid of something, killing something, getting rid of something with no idea its purpose or its value. And I thought, how often do we do that? 
How often am I have I been told that to be afraid of something, get rid of it, destroy it without knowing anything about it to see how it may be even enhancing my life. I will go read about that spider and find out. I think they actually eat flies. I know that I've seen spider webs with flies in it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, didn't we just buy some fly uh, traps? Didn't Don't we not like them? They irritate us. They're around us all the time. They get in our way. They're dirty. They carry disease. I mean, I'm thinking of all the things I've been told about flies. <clears throat> and if you have dogs <clears throat> or you have horses, you have flies. So I was thinking, wow, I, I need to take a look at what I've been told to be afraid of. I need to think about what I've told I've been told to be afraid of. I will tell you that I've also been afraid of things because they have hurt me. I've had experience where something has hurt me, something was dangerous, and I learned from that experience. So two ways I learn about fear and about danger, people telling me and me experiencing it. The interesting thing is that both of them deserve to be looked at, examined, dealt with, researched, and then acclimated to my lifestyle. So some people are afraid of nature and they want to live in the city and they don't like the dirt or the danger of the country. I know a lot of friends of mine, especially up at our Wild Horse Sanctuary, Lifesavers Wild Horse Sanctuary, that they, the people that live around the sanctuary in the little town, the village, they're more uncomfortable and afraid of the city. And I thought, wait a minute, which one's right? Are we supposed to be afraid of the city? Or are we supposed to be afraid of the country? And I said, you know what? There's no what we should be. It's what you experience. It's what your choice of the level of danger. We all get to decide, hopefully consciously. Hopefully we've looked at the information, the research, our experience, and we've made a decision about what to be afraid of not just being told, not just being given this kind of uh, information from others through their experience. Now, it's a hard one to tease out. I grant you, it's a hard one to tease out. I can listen to people and tell me I should be afraid of this. I should be afraid of that. And this may be great wisdom. And being afraid of something may mean that I should avoid it or I should not be near it. Except what if I want that risk? Being afraid of something that I want to engage in may not help me deal with that danger. I'm not saying I, I don't need to be aware of the danger. I need to understand what risk I want to take in my life 
And I want to understand how I can mitigate the risk if I want to do that activity. So this morning, as I'm drinking my PG Tips tea, I read an article about uh, not storm chasers. They didn't actually say that, but they were they fly into hurricanes deliberately. And they go in with a meteorologist and very experienced pilots to assess the danger, the strength, and the trajectory of hurricanes. This happened to be about the very recent hurricane that just uh, hit the uh, southeast coast. And as I'm reading this article by this journalist who was in the plane, the amount of danger that was there was great, and the amount of experience and wisdom was great. Now, I don't know which is greater. All I know is that these pilots who have practiced over and over and over again have mitigated and managed their fear response, were able to go through a very rough ride, as they called it, and maintain their composure so that they could deal with the danger. I'm sure there was a level of fear. I'm also sure there was a level of expertise and competence and experience that they could rely on. So now I'm thinking, here's a bunch of people who have experienced and dealt with and learned about danger in this area that help us. Certainly having all that knowledge And that experience is giving us information, those of us on the ground that are going to face this hurricane. So what's something that we want to rely on? Like, let let me put it this way. Do I want to be with very experienced people who have faced fear, have fear, and yet have lots of knowledge? Or do I want to hang around someone who's screaming and yelling about a spider and maybe a bee and they're flailing and causing all kinds of havoc and chaos, maybe even scaring the bee to come towards us. They see us as a threat. Let me tell you another story about fear and knowledge and bees. I'm standing on top of a beautiful small uh, mountain or high hill, whatever you want to call it, overlooking the ocean in Malibu. And I helped start, uh, actually, I founded a uh, nonprofit called Big Heart Ranch. And I'm up there on this mountain with veterans. And we're going to go into this wonderful enclosure, uh, open field uh, with a fence. Uh, and we're going to do some wild horse gentling. We're going to do some equine therapy. We had one Mustang there and a wonderful uh, Mustang gentler. So the veterans are walking up the hill. Most of them are already there. And I have my grandson with me at the time. And he was probably, I think this was before he got leukemia. So he's probably only five. And I watch him walk up this hill and I'm just looking at him and he's having a great time. And I look away and then all of a sudden I hear him say with joy, bees, Jima, bees. And I look down again at him, and there is a swarm of bees, the kind of swarm that could block out the sun. 
following him up the hill. And he keeps turning around and smiling. And I look over at the veterans. I look over at my grandson. And I I, I want to think about what I get to do to help mitigate the risk in that moment. As the veterans start to see it, they start backing away because they're trained to also mitigate fear. And, you know, do you go back up or do you go forward? And I yell out, not even realizing that I said this, stand still. They won't hurt us. We have nothing they need. I'm going to say that again. Everybody, stand still. Don't move. They ha- we have nothing they want or need. Meanwhile, my grandson by now has come up the hill. The bees are now coming over us. And everybody stands still. There must have been at least 15 or 20 of us. And my grandson is in joy. I'm kind of in some awe and fear. And we stand still and I watch the horse. I decide I'm going to put my, I'm going to look at what the horse is going to do. Because I figured this wild Mustang knows a lot about nature. And that horse just stood still, kind of just didn't even acknowledge the bees. They are around us now. And for you that are watching the podcast, I'm going to put my hands up. What I did was I slowly put my hands up in the air, both of them. And I looked up into the bees so that I could watch them fly around my ants. My grandson did it. And then I watched all of these wonderful veterans do the same thing. We put our hands up in the air so that we could see them flying around us. It probably lasted only 15 seconds that that swarm of bees was just in and around us. I kept my eye on the horse. The horse was fine. My grandson was still laughing and smiling. And the bees left. It's a true story. I'll never forget how we all came together and said, oh, my God, that was an amazing experience. Oh, my God. it was. I was so afraid, and yet it was so wonderful. I gained so much knowledge, so much experience, so much understanding of how I respond to what I've been told to be afraid of. And I trusted that horse. I trusted my grandson. I literally trusted that the bees were just on a journey and we had nothing they need or wanted. They couldn't get any pollen from us. They could not get anything from us that they needed to make honey. Uh, we They had nothing um, that we had nothing that they needed in order to live their life as bees and in this form. So one of the things that I invite you to consider um, and starting in um, in a couple of weeks, I'll be bringing um, guests back in to share their wisdom. While we're ending this summer, um, as uh, Labor Day weekend comes upon us, I would love you to think about what have you been told to be afraid of? What have you experienced that you need to be afraid of? And more importantly, though, how do you handle your fear? What do you do about that fear? What do you do about that experience? What do you do when you are afraid of something and you have no real information, no correct, helpful, 
um, information. And I'm going to think about that on a daily basis because I think my anxiety oftentimes is not based on real experience. It's not based on where I am now in my life. And that that anxiety, that fear of what might happen has cut me off from so many amazing experiences and things. And that spider, he just gets to be there. We can walk back and forth from the pool and he didn't put it in our way. So he gets to just be there and do what spiders do. And I wish him well, and I'm grateful he's here. And I'll keep watching him so I can learn more from him. <laughs> and I never, I never really actually saw anything come out of the butt of a bee, uh, a spider, like I just did. <laughs> and that was pretty amazing. Only because I saw him and I decided to share this with you. I got to experience something. So I'm going to go read. You know I'm going to be researching this spider and finding out more about him and having him spend time here with us uh, in this lovely new backyard of ours. I hope you enjoy the rest of the summer. I spell that I-N-J-O-Y, not E-N, not passively watch the summer. Be in it, in the joy. I hope you enjoy the rest of this summer. Um, I know that some of you have had some very bad weather, um, and I'm sure, and we did too, we lost our road up at the Wild Horse Sanctuary. So I'm going to go up this weekend. I got to drive up around the mountain in order to come back down. So thank goodness we have two ways to get in and out. And that's okay too. I mean, that just goes along with being in in the real world. So bless you all. Be crazy well. Um, Enjoy. I hope you enjoy the theme song. Listen to it um, after uh, we close this particular podcast uh, today. It's by Calvin Love. And uh, what a great name, because that's exactly what that song asks you to do, is to be your best self. B-E-E, your best self. How apropos is that after me telling you the story about the bees? So be your best self, enjoy, and be crazy well. (laughs) 